0: Hey everybody, Pastor Dwayne here with day 21 of our 30 day Bible reading challenge. First of all, I wanna say congratulations. You've made it two thirds of the way through. Man, I hope this has been an incredible journey. I, I know God's been speaking some things to you and I know that you've been growing ever since, you know, you've engaged the word of God. One of the best ways to grow in the things of God is by encountering God in his word. So congratulations. Remember progress over perfection, all right? So, hey, we're in Ephesians chapter four, and let me tell you, this is a jam-packed chapter. It is a great chapter, so many great things in here, and there's, it's oftentimes over, uh, overlooked, okay? So without any uh, further ado, let's get into it, okay? So at the beginning, we see here that Paul is, you know, once again, addressing the, uh, the church at Ephesus, right? And so he tells them in verse chapter one, I mean, in in chapter four, verse one, he tells them, look, you know, I'm begging you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called, right? So what does that mean? What does it mean to walk worthy of the vocation to which they were called? In essence, Paul was telling them that they really, now that they are believers, that we need to walk as believers. You know, when we were living in the world, we lived a certain kind of way. To be honest, we lived based off of our own pleasures, desires, whatever we thought, whatever we wanted to do. We really did not live our life in accordance with what God wanted, but what we wanted and what we thought was good. So Paul establishes here that as Christians, we should walk worthy to the walk in Christ to which we were called, that vocation, right? And how do we do that? We have to do it by being meek, being patient, forgiving one another as well as staying unified in the spirit of God, right? Any and everything we do should should fall back to what it is that Christ has said and done, all right? The spirit of God. Then he moves down to verse four through seven and he em- emphasizes the importance of unity through the no- use of the word one, right? There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called into one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism and one God and father of all who is above all, and through all and in you all." Okay, so we see here, one body. Who is that? The body of Christ. There's only one body, right? One spirit, God's spirit of which, uh, of whom baptizes us into the body, right? We see that, That's we're not talking about, um, well, let me, let me go to the next one. Since says here, uh, one baptism, right? That is important to say, that we're not talking about water baptism. We're talking about baptism into the body of Christ. This is the baptism that takes place when we give our heart to Christ. And um, I wanna say in Colossians, Colossians chapter two, it tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that baptizes us into the body of Christ, actually engrafts us, which, and makes us a part of Christ's own body and regenerates our spirit of which we become born again of which um, this is what uh, Jesus was talking about when he told uh, Nicodemus that we had to be born of water and of of the spirit. That's what takes place uh, when we become born again. We are actually baptized into the body of Christ. Amen. Okay, so one Lord, obvious that's Jesus, one faith, us being Christians, and one God, that's God the Father. Okay, so after that, we get into verses seven through Uh, 10 okay and here's really really good and I want y'all to catch this it says but unto every one of us grace is given um, according to the measure of the gift of Christ wherewith when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men now that he ascended what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth he that descended is the same that also ascended up above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now that probably sounded really like crazy because you hear a whole bunch of ascended, descended, ascended, descended. Like what in the world is, is what in the world is going on? Well, first of all, let me tell you that this is a really, really, really powerful, powerful um, uh, set of verses because it's really speaking to the victory of Christ those in the Old Testament okay so Old Testament Saints right those who believed in God and lived for the Lord they they understood that they always were looking for the Messiah that had been spoken of even even so from um, in every book of the Bible you can find Jesus coming right but it's specifically even even from Genesis right and so the 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 ceremonies and the sacrifices that they went through, those sacrifices only really cleansed the flesh, but did not cleanse the spirit. And so, those those Old Testament saints, they believed they when when they died, they still went into the lower parts of the earth. Now, the Scripture lets us know that you know um, Bible calls it Hades or Sheol or or Hell. Now, there were two parts. There were two parts. There was the um, tormentous part right? Where the wicked dead went and there was what, what the Jews called Abraham's bosom. And we can see that in um, the uh, parable about um, the rich man and Lazarus. So all of the the, the the saints went to Abraham's bosom. Now keep in mind that they did not die and go to heaven. They were stuck in this place until Jesus died, paid for all sin, all sin that was passed before Jesus had Came um, came into the earth and present. So this was it was extremely significant that Jesus had 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 done this thing. So Jesus led captivity captive when he went and he, after he died, he was he was down there for three days, and then when he resurrected, he resurrected. And even in um Matthew twenty seven, uh, verses fifty two um, and fifty three, the scriptures let us know that. After Jesus resurrected, even the graves like opened up and there were other people that was, that were resurrected. And I'm telling y'all, it's so easy to look over this thing. But when you dive in here, you're like, oh my gosh, Jesus' resurrection meant the resurrection was available to us. We too believe that one day we will resurrect the same way that Jesus did. So when you see here that Jesus ascended, but first he descended. Jesus went down there and he got those Old Testament saints that that were stuck because their sin did not cleanse their spirit, but only their flesh. But after Jesus had died for all sin, he paid the penalty for all sin. He took the, he made a way when he resurrected. He made it an opportunity for them to go to heaven to be with God forever. And now, when we die, we won't go down to she uh to abraham's bosom but we go straight to heaven as the scriptures are saying so that's extremely extremely important here to understand that jesus resurrection meant victory over sin victory over death and victory over the grave hallelujah somebody shout somebody say amen to that jesus Rolls with all power in his hands amen and because he lives we live as well all right and so i want y'all to know i wanted to read this real quick because as verse 8 is saying here verse 8 through 9 talks about that this was the actual fulfillment of a of a psalm of a verse in psalm psalm 68 18 says thou has ascended on high, ascended on high really is talking about how Jesus left here. After Jesus resurrected, he was here for 40 days. We see that in Acts chapter one, uh, lets us know that Jesus was here 40 days and seen by many people. And then he ascended, taken up on a cloud back to heaven. And since he, um, 68, 18 says, thou has led captivity captive. Thou has received gift from men, yeah, for the rebellious also that the Lord God might dwell among them. Okay, so we see here that this verse, uh, Ephesians 4, eight through uh, 11, is really the fulfillment of a messianic, a messianic song. That's in um, 68, 18, Psalm 68, 18. All right, so moving on. What gifts did, did Christ actually give? Well. Christ gave the fivefold ministry, okay? Fivefold ministry, that's in verse 11, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And now I know there are, you know, because people have argued over this church has argued over this for years and decades and probably centuries and millennia You know, the the Word of God says that Christ gave these gifts to men. Now, these are are gifts to the churches, and each of these offices do something different. The apostles walked in all of the spiritual gifts and set up churches. The prophets were special messengers from God, being able to speak the uh, the secrets of men's hearts, as well as as being able to tell messages to men from God um, prophetically. Also, there was teachers, that self-explanatory, evangelists that went out and spread the gospel. And then there were pastors who shepherds God's people. All of these gifts existed during the early church and still exist today, okay? Now, the reason why Christ gave these gifts was for the perfecting of the saints, to equip the saints to do the work of God, right? But also to mature us, right? That we might grow up in the things of God and understand who God is and how we should be as God's children. That's why the fivefold ministry is so important. Okay, so not to forget those things, the fivefold ministry is for that. All right. So after that, he basically goes back to saying what he started off with—that we need to walk worthy of our vocation that we were called to. So what what, what is he saying here? Okay. So we need to take off or put well, first. First, I want to say here in in um verse seventeen through nineteen. Paul says, look, all right, now that y'all Christians, you need not walk as unbelievers. Don't walk as the unbelievers or what you see here as Gentiles, right? And he said that the Gentiles walked in vain, vanity. They walked after the vanity of their mind. They were blind and they were also uh, alienated from the things of God, from the life of God. But since we are Christians, we're not alienated. We should know. So let's walk in the newness of life. Or he said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Our minds need to be renewed by the word of God and we need to be subject to think about things and process them in a manner that's along the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so um, moving moving on. Um, then he gives them some things that they need to take off and some things that they need to put on, okay? So one is the old man. Who is the world the old man, right? The old man is the person that we used to be, simply put. Not anything really cool, uh, deep or, you know, extra whatever. The old man is who we used to be, the unrenewed us, that person that lived life the way we wanted to, and to be honest, that person that lived very prideful and was an enemy to God. He says, put that man and take, put him off and and and, and put on a new man that is created in righteousness and holiness. That new man, the new